are all miracles and must make the most of our limited time here. Each of us have these unique gifts to contribute to the world. And it's our job to develop these gifts and give them away. That's why I created the Preschool SLP podcast. The Preschool SLP is about working smarter to create real change in ourselves and in others. Being an SLP is a mission. It's about showing up every single day. It's about giving all of yourself. It's about evaluating your work. It's about innovating practice to change lives. Every single week, let's discuss topics that matter. What are the game-changing strategies? How can we treat the whole child? How can we create the truest and shiniest versions of ourselves and of our clients? We're here at the drawing board for a reason. You bring your own unique gifts. Together, let's create better. I am so happy that you're here with me this week because we are going to follow up on last week's episode. Last week, we talked about developmental language disorder and how alarming the statistics are. So we talked about how children with developmental language disorder are more likely to have behavior issues, issues with sexual abuse if they're a female, vocational work issues, academic issues, math issues, writing, spelling, reading, all areas of academics impacted by having a developmental language disorder. And these, they persist. These are lifelong uh, persistent symptomology of developmental language disorder that can impact every area of a child's life all the way through adulthood. So this is serious business. This is very high stakes. And we are in this position early on between the ages of three to five years at the preschool level where we can have the greatest impact on developmental language disorder. So I'm so happy you're here because you can really change lives at this age. So early intensity at the preschool age, the research indicates, is going to have the greatest impact on developmental language disorder. So we don't want to sit and wait and see what happens. We also don't want to waste time. This is very important. We only have about 30 to 60 minutes a week if you're an average SLP working in a public school setting. If you want to create change in these children's lives, you have to use your time wisely. So I'm going to I'm going to use an analogy to this. I, I remember Jillian Michaels, the famous fitness trainer, and she was on Biggest Loser. And the first thing she would do is she would come into the people's homes when they came back to their home environments. She would go into their kitchen and she would get rid of all the fluff, all of the empty calories. So she would take a big garbage bag and she would just fill in all of the sugar, all of the carbohydrate-laden, sugar-laden foods, all of the non-nutritional value foods because, because we don't want these empty intervention activities that are not 
going to change, create change for the child. We don't have time for a low shelf intervention. So what we're going to do is we're going to Jillian Michaels, our intervention, and we're going to get rid of all of the fluff. We're going to get rid of all of the low shelf activities that will not create change early on. We don't have time for this fat. We got to cut the fat. This is the garbage. So for instance, if you go into my therapy room and you can bring a magnifying glass, you will not find one flashcard in my therapy room. It's not in there. I can promise you because that's the garbage. That's what's so far from communication, a flashcard, that there's no way that that flashcard is going to help that child in the real world. That flashcard is not communication. No one in that child's life is going to hold up a flashcard in them throughout their lives, either today, tomorrow, or as an adult, and ask them, what's that? Okay? So... That's a little soapbox. We're going to Jillian Michaels, our therapy today, and we're going to look at the research and we're going to look at what doesn't work so we can clear out our speech therapy and get rid of all of the low shelf garbage and just spend our time on the high shelf intervention activities that are effective so we can really create change early on when neuroplasticity is at a really high level. So let's look at the research I found. This is a jewel. You are welcome for this treasure. I found this in the Neuroscience Journal, which is peer-reviewed, called Brain Sciences. And this is from March 2021. It's free access. And the title is The Efficacy of the Treatment of Developmental Language Disorder, a Systematic Review. So this is an excellent article. What I like about brain sciences is they say your article can be as long as you need it to be. And this article has such great depth in it. So it really does describe the interventions and what they did in each of the interventions that worked. So you can, it, it could incorporate these techniques right from the research into your practice. This is a great free access article. You got to check it out. It is so good. So what they looked at in this article is 26 random controlled trials. Now that's huge in our field of speech and language intervention. There's not a lot of research that we draw from. A lot of people walk around. It's kind of like the smoke and mirrors kind of talk in which they say, well, according to the research and the research they're referring to is a case study of one child. That's not the research. But that's unfortunately what many of the practices we adhere to in the field of speech language pathology is based on single case studies. Now that could easily be chance that that worked for that one child in that one situation with that one setting with that one exceptional therapist. So what I'm saying here is this is good research. This is research you really wanna check out. So once, once again, it's March, 2021, okay? Brain Sciences is the journal. You can Google Scholar that search this. And the title is The Efficacy of the Treatment of Developmental Language Disorder, a Systematic Review. So they looked at 26 random controlled studies of speech of developmental language disorder, treating developmental language disorder. And they threw in one study, which wasn't, which was J-Law's review from 2020, 20, 2001, if you're looking at the Cochrane 
of you. 2003, if you're looking at the JSLHR. So Jay Law and his colleagues out of England, by the way, when I say Jay Law, I'm not referring to Jude Law. No, I'm referring to James Law. So James Law and his colleagues out of England, they did a Cochrane review in which they looked at speech and language interventions and how effective they were. Now, the study I'm going to refer to today, which is 20 years later, okay, this study here really pretty much found what James Law found in his research and his colleagues 20 years ago. But let's review what we know, what works, what doesn't work. Then we know that we can clear out what doesn't work from our practice and instead focus that precious, precious, limited practice time on the top shelf on what works. So we're going to Jillian Michaels our practice. We're going to throw out all the garbage. We're going to get rid of all those flashcards and all that nonsense. And we're going to focus on what creates change. So let's see what they looked at first. First, they looked at, as James Law did in his 2001 review, and it's 2003 if you look at JSLHR, what they looked at is speech sound intervention. So intervention of speech sound disorders were effective at that. That's the good news. So at the, at the preschool level to age eight, which is which all of these reviews are looking at, we do, we do create change in our speech language therapy in treating speech sound disorders. The second area they looked at is vocabulary. For vocabulary, for expressive vocabulary, we create little change in that area. So we create a small effect size change in that area, which means we do create change, but not much. As far as language comprehension, comprehension of vocabulary. So that's when they give the PPVT, okay, the Peabody picture vocabulary test. We're not making improvements in comprehension of vocabulary therapy is. So we are making little improvements in comprehension of expression of vocabulary. And we're not making improvements according to the research in the comprehension of vocabulary. So now let's look at grammar and syntax, which is the word level grammar and the sentence level grammar. Okay. Are we making gains in that area? Well, what this current study found is exactly what James Law found in, in his 2001 review. This very much supports it, which we're making gains expressively. So we're making gains in expression of grammatical forms. We're making gains in expression of sentence level grammar, but we're not making gains in comprehension of it. So for instance, we're able to help children create sentences that are longer and more complex. However, if we take those longer, more complex sentences and we ask the child to comprehend them, they're not better able to do so. So for instance, if we say the dog was chased by the boy and then we had different pictures, the child would not be able to point to the picture where the boy is actually chasing the dog. So the comprehension of the more complex syntax, which is that passive tense, it just didn't happen. So once again, we're not making gains in the comprehension of vocabulary. We're not making gains in the comprehension of more complex syntax or more complex morphology. So an example of more complex morphology would be like the boy is walking. So maybe we have a picture of the boy going to walk, beginning to walk. He hasn't started yet. The boy walking and the boy who has already walked. 
So that's an example of, of grammatical morphine um, understanding comprehension. So let's look at the next area. What about literacy? Can we make an er difference in the area of literacy in our speech and language therapy? This is good news. The research is suggesting we do. And phonological awareness skills, skills such as rhyming, segmentation, blending, alliteration. Can you think of sounds that begin with the ah sound? Or, or things such as um, structure of the word. What sound is in the beginning of the word? What sound is in the end of the word? What sound is in the middle of the word? Substituting sounds. What would this word cat be if I changed the cuff or a bus sound? What would that turn the word into? We do make a difference in that area. So what about narrative skills? The research is showing that we're making a difference in the narrative skills as well. Even inferential higher level thinking skills in which we ask children to make predictions or identify the theme of the story or make connections to real life events. So this is great news. When we look at this, this meta-analysis that just came out in March, 2021, that supported James Law and his colleagues' work in 2001, 20 years ago, we can really think about our own practice and what we wanna focus on. So we know what's working and what's not working, and there's some definite takeaways. We know that one, early intervention works. We wanna start early at the preschool level and not take the wait and see approach. Secondly, we also know that expressive vocabulary can be improved, but not comprehension of vocabulary. So what are we going to want to do in therapy is we're going to want to focus on expression of vocabulary, but also using a multimodal approach in which we're incorporating real 3D objects in a used in a meaningful manner, which is why I like task-oriented movement activities so much which is all described in my book, if you want to learn how to do that, in which you're using real objects in real time because you're, you're solving problems for children. So it's in a meaningful manner. It's not simply sorting objects for the sake of sorting objects and learning the name of the object. So let's look at the next one. Interventions that also work include increasing the length and the complexity of the grammar and the sentences that we use in therapy and using narratives. So what we wanna do again is we wanna aim higher and the higher we aim, the higher the gains. So we know that the comprehension is not being improved. We need to think about how can we use complex senses and complex grammar in a narrative format in which the child is engaged using their mind and using their hearts and using their bodies and using their mouths as the teacher. So I write about all of this in my book. It's through task-oriented movement activities. It's where there's an authentic, real problem. There's a purpose to what we're doing. There's a problem, there's a mission, and that engages the child's heart in which you have, uh, you have cognition, in which you're introducing the child to complex ideas because challenge creates change, in which you're using the child's hands, in which the child is using their body and acting through the motions to solve a problem. 
And lastly, which you're using the, the child's using the child's mouth, which the child takes on the role of teacher and describes the process they're going to do to solve the process, the problem. They describe the steps in the problem. They tell you what they did and report on what they did afterwards. What this is all doing is improving comprehension because people learn through stories. And we're taking language, which is complex for children with developmental language disorder, which is, um, which is difficult for them to comprehend. And we're making it meaningful by conveying it through a story. People understand story. Children understand stories, especially when they're acting out these stories, these meaningful stories, and they're teaching the stories. So if you want to learn how to do that, check out my book. You're going to love it. You can check it out at Amazon. It's called Speech Sound Disorders Comprehensive Evaluation and Treatment, but it's not at all about treating a speech sound disorder. It's about treating a child. It's about changing a life. This is a mission. This isn't about treating morphemes. This isn't about treating distortions in the mouth. This is not about improving vocabulary. It's about changing lives. If you're ready to do that, each and every day of your intervention as a speech language pathologist, get this book. You're not gonna be disappointed. It is going to change not only the child, it's going to change you in which you're going to be using all aspects of yourself in your work. Because communication is a two-way process. It's a two-way dance in which not only is the child going to be giving all that the child has 100%, but you're going to be giving 100% of what you have. And when you do, not only you're gonna grow and you're going to be so happy because you're going to have so much meaning in the work you do because you're going to be changing lives, one child at a time, one hour at a time, one day at a time. And that's what you're gonna do for a living. And we can do that by working smarter, by taking the research, by getting rid of all that low shelf garbage, Jillian Michaeling, our therapy, by only taking the best of the best of intervention and combining the best of the best and putting the best of the best together. And when we do, we're going to change their brains for the better. We're going to change their hearts for the better. We're going to change their bodies for the better. And we're going to change their communication skills for the better. So I'm going to end on that note because I think that's where I want to leave it. It's about each and every day taking your sleeves, rolling them up, changing lives, one child at a time. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you have not got the book yet, get the book, you will love it. It will change what you do for the better. And you're not gonna do what I do. You're going to do what I do better. That's my promise. Because we're all unique and we all have unique talents and unique gifts. And you're going to take 
what the many 20 graduate students, brilliant graduate students, their unique talents that you're going to see in the book. You're going to take my unique talent that I see in the book and you're going to take yours. And what you're going to do is you're going to take that book and you're going to rewrite that book and you're going to make it better. And what you're going to do in your therapy room with the children you work with is going to be better than what's in that book. It's going to be amazing. But I want you to take the book because the book is going to give you so much. And I promise you, it's going to take you to the top as shelf possible. And I promise you this, you are going to change so many lives as a result.